Christ Church, New Malden, 3rd of November 2019, 9.30 service. Stephen Kurt speaking on Keeping the Conversation Going When We Feel Forgotten by God. Yeah, and I knew Tim would be able to carry that off because the first part needed that real anger and frustration and upset with God. There are three distinct parts in this psalm. That's the whole of Psalm 13 up there. And the first part, the part highlighted in yellow, that is the psalmist showing honesty and complaint before God. Then the middle section that Tim read, well, that is a prayer, really. That's appealed by the writer of this psalm for God to change this situation, to work his power so that what is causing these problems can change. And then finally at the end, what do we see? We see faith and trust and actually worship of God. And having looked at those things sort of broadly, we're now going to look at them in a bit more detail. And rather than me doing all the work, I'm going to get you to answer some questions on each section. So uh, I hope you can turn around to the people that are sitting around you and can have a bit, dis- a bit of a discussion. So let's look at the first part of this uh, psalm. Let's go on to the next bit. Honesty and complaint before God. And there are the words that Tim read out at the start, words of massive frustration and pain, and they don't really keep anything back, do they? They're words that let out before God every feeling about how fed up the writer is, how they feel forgotten by God and let down by him. And the two questions that I want you to, with those around you, to discuss, okay, are these. Let's have them up there now. What is good about doing this? Okay, letting it all out before God, expressing our frustration, our pain, our disappointment. What's good about doing that? And the second question is what might stop us doing that? What things might actually hold us back from doing that or thinking it's the right thing to do? So just turn around to those people around you, even if you don't know them, okay? And uh, if you know anything about psychology, that might help with that first question. But what's good about doing this, letting it all out before God? But what might hold us back? What might stop us from doing that? Those of you who understand embarrassment or something, you might be better at the second question. Okay, so have a bit of a discussion. Okay, see what you think. You three work together on this. Okay. Okay, a bit of a discussion with those next to you. Okay, I want you three to discuss this, okay? Because you can't just win Haribo. (laughs) Okay. Right, okay. Now, particularly those who understand a bit about psychology and all that sort of thing, you might be... uh, able to help us with this first uh, question. Um, There we see the writer of this psalm pouring it out before God, saying things that uh, are really very, very honest. How long will you forget me forever? Will you hide your face? What is good, or what might people think is good, about doing this? Any suggestions? Annabelle. So you tell God how you're feeling? Absolutely, and God wants our honesty, doesn't he? God doesn't want show, God doesn't want us to pretend, and actually being honest with God about how we're feeling, any genuine relationship, those who are mums and dads here, 
you'd rather your children, I think, were honest with you than hiding when they're upset, wouldn't you? Is that right? Yep. And it's the same with God. God does want our honesty. He doesn't want us to hide stuff. What else might be good about doing this? Any other uh, suggestions? Anyone else? Anyone want to? Oh, Annabelle as well. Well, I'll come to Veronica because Annabelle's already had a go. I don't want Veronica feeling left out. Thank you. We trust that God will help us. Yep. What is going on? What is going on? But we know it's God is the one we have to approach. Right. So what you're saying sort of is it's an act of faith. Being that honest and pouring out emotions, it might look like an act of unfaith, but actually it is imploring God to do something. We'll get on to the prayer next. Have you ever heard of the expression, it's better out than in? Yeah? And when we keep our frustration and our upset to ourselves, what does it do to us? What sort of effect does it have upon us? It messes us up, doesn't it? Yeah? And that's why people often will find it very helpful to talk to a counsellor or to talk to a good friend uh, when they're upset. And God wants precisely the same. What's good about doing this is that we can let it all out before God and it's something that is really healthy. Now, what about the second one? What might, us stop, what might, make us, what might stop us doing this? Any suggestions? What things might hold us back from being this frank before God. Any suggestions? Okay, I'll come to you in a I'll come to your mum first. Okay. Uh, as people of faith, we feel that we have to be happy and, and joyful, yeah. and it's wrong not to be joyful. Yeah, we can. we can. We can think, even when we read the Psalms, even when we read Job or Habakkuk, we've got plenty of passages in the Bible that do this, but we can think it's not the done thing. We can think as Christians, we're meant to, to act differently from that. And that can hold us back. I'm going to come to Anne. What do you think might hold us back in these situations, Anne? I think we already think God knows because he's in our hearts and in our heads. Yeah. So what's the point? He already knows. That's a really good point. Yeah. Why tell God if he's God? He knows it already. What's the point of telling him? Well, he should know it already. And uh, if he doesn't know it now, perhaps he'll never know it. You know, we can have all sorts of strange ideas that can stop us. But God wants us to talk to him, doesn't he? He wants us to let it out. Okay, Casey Kurt. I think when we're angry and resentful with someone and we don't let them know, it actually pushes us further away from that person. So if we're not honest with God, we're much more likely to step back from God and not develop our relationship with God. So we shouldn't do the spiritual equivalent of banging things around in the kitchen, you're saying? <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Okay, yeah, completely. Julie. And also we think he's got much bigger things to worry about and often that our problems are quite small and we shouldn't bother him with it. Absolutely. A lot of people say that. A lot of people who ask me to pray for stuff with them will sometimes say, I know it's nothing compared to all the terrible things happening in the world, but would it be okay to pray about this? They somehow feel that God's got bigger fish to fry. And also I think we can sometimes worry that God will be angry with us. I think we can sometimes feel if we speak to God with real honesty, perhaps God might have something nasty up his sleeve that he'll zap us with. And that is not true. So these psalms are really helpful for us. The psalms are probably one of the most undiscovered, fantastic things about the Bible. Because often, you know, people are hardly aware of them. And yet what we've got in the psalms is these amazing responses to God, which give us the words to speak when we don't feel articulate, when we're upset, when we're crushed, when we're angry, when we're disappointed, we might not know what to say. 
but in the Psalms, you'll find loads and loads of examples of words which will often really fit the way we're feeling, and we see that God is big enough to take it. Okay? So honesty and complaint before God, that's something which perhaps we don't do nearly as much as we should, but it is an act of faith. Okay, on to the middle section of the psalm. Appeal for God to God for things to change. So if the start of this psalm starts with real honesty, pouring it out before God, expressing our anger and frustration, letting that all out before God, it then leads to prayer. And what the psalmist does here is to really appeal to God to act. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And he's even prepared, or she, whoever wrote this psalm, to challenge God and to say, look, if you don't do anything, then my enemies will think that they've overcome me. So there's a challenge to God to actually sort of turn up and to show himself and make sure these things change. Okay, so again, two questions. Okay, the same ones. What's good about doing this? And then the second one, what might stop us doing this? Okay, and this is talking generally about prayer, but prayer for the things that we really want. Prayer for those things that have really hurt and disappointed us to change. Okay, what's good about that sort of prayer, but what might stop us doing it? Turn to the people with you and have a discussion for a few minutes again. I don't pick on anyone who doesn't put their hand up, so don't worry about this. Okay, well, I do occasionally, you know, if I'm struggling. But uh, turn to those around you and discuss it, because you're as capable of coming up with good answers to this stuff as anyone. Okay. So, having started with real honesty, having started with uh, expressing frustration, pain, disappointment, the writer of this psalm then appeals to God to change things. Now, it might seem an obvious question, and why would the vicar possibly ask people why is it good to pray? But what is good about doing this? What is good about making that appeal to God to change things? Anyone got a suggestion? What's good about doing that? Samantha? Yep, it's on. Okay. It is on, yeah. Can we just, yep, sorry, yeah. We have to because God calls us to pray. He asks us to do this. Yeah, okay. So God's asked us to do it, perhaps even when it doesn't make full sense about why we should talk to God when presumably he knows what's going on. He has asked us to do that. And that's because he wants a relationship with us, doesn't he? God wants a relationship with us. God wants us to communicate with him. So that's a good answer. Any other reasons why it's good to do that? Surely. Well, after you've ranted and raved, um, you tend to justify why you've done that. Yeah. You calm down a little bit, yeah. and then you say, but there is a good reason that I'm yeah. having a go, yeah. um, and this is what is going to happen if yeah. I don't have a go, yeah. and things don't change. Yeah, so this is the sort of calm after the storm, as it were. And yeah, you know, when we've ranted and we've raved, when we've got it out of our system, you know, we know that God can take those things. We can sometimes leave it there. But actually, what we need to do is think, well, look, I've been honest with you, God. Can you now respond to what I've asked for? It's really good to pray for those things that we want to see change. And it's difficult if those things have been around for ages. And when we think about what might stop us doing this, well, sometimes 
it's a fear of getting our hopes up. So sometimes there are things that are ongoing difficulties or problems or frustrations in our lives and we can almost avoid praying about it because prayer is an act of faith. And when we pray, we take that risk of getting our hopes up, of getting uh, ourselves in a position where we're trusting in God to do something about it. And quite often, I think, more often than we realise, that holds us back from praying. I think sometimes where there are real things of pain in our lives, real difficulties, they could be afflicting someone else that's very dear to us, or they could be afflicting us. Actually, it takes quite a step of faith to pray in the first place about those things, but then to keep praying. There's quite a lot that can keep us back. But the Bible encourages us to be really honest, but also to pray and to ask God for those things which we really do believe need to change. And quite often those things might be in line with God's will. Sometimes people talk about uh, answer to prayer being a bit like traffic lights. Sometimes God says no, sometimes God says yes, red and green, but sometimes God says amber, God says wait. Okay? Uh, there can be variations on that. One of the things that Nikki likes to say is that God never says no, he either says yes or I've got something better. That's quite an interesting uh, insight on prayer as well. And that's got a lot of truth in it. When God appears to say no, he may well quite often be saying, actually, I've got something better. And I want you to have faith in me as you await that thing. Okay, last part of the psalm is trust and worship of God. This is where it can seem like the very opposite to what's gone before. You know, we've seen that honesty, that frustration, that disappointment. We've seen appeal to God, still with quite a lot of temper in it, for things to change. And then what we uh, appear to see here is the complete opposite. But I trust in your unfailing love. But it's not, because as I've said, we've already seen uh, that what's gone before is an act of faith. But for the last time, just have a go at these two questions. Here they are. What's good about doing this? And then what might stop us doing this? Here we're seeing not just trust of God, but a commitment to worship God as well. I will sing the Lord's praise for he's been good to me. So just turn to those around you and have a discussion for a few moments about those two questions. Right, okay, well time's getting on, so I better uh, cover this. Um, what's good about doing this? Well, I'd suggest that it's actually making a positive response, isn't it? It is good, as I've tried to emphasize this morning, to let out our frustration and our disappointment, even our anger with God. But actually, ending our prayers in this way is showing that we're not going to allow cynicism uh, to completely overcome us. We're not going to allow negativity to have the final word. We can think these things are opposites, as I've said this morning, but they're not. We can combine being really honest with God with actually a commitment to ongoing faith and ongoing worship of him. And what might stop us doing this? Well, sometimes it is quite difficult to do something positive in response to our problems. In response to our difficulties, sometimes we will just feel that those things are so overwhelming that we don't really want to make any positive response to God. But that might be because we haven't been really honest before God in the first place. God doesn't want us to be sullen and fed up. God wants us to be honest.
And where we are, when we are honest before God about our feelings, it's amazing how often worship becomes a much more natural thing to do. Because when you feel listened to, it creates a very different experience within us, doesn't it? And God is listening to us. God loves every single one of us, however old or young or in between we are. God does love every single one of us. God is like the best parent possible. He wants to listen to every single thing that we're concerned about. God doesn't ever think, oh, they're on about a load of nonsense. God loves us just like a parent loves their child. And that means that like the most loving parent, every single thing that that child is concerned or worried about, God wants to engage with. And God, the Psalms teach us, wants us to be honest and express these things alongside prayer to God to change those things that we feel need to change, but also a commitment to trust and worship God and to be ongoing in that, to keep the conversation going. So let's have the next slide. Those two things we can very often, and however long we've been a Christian, I've been a Christian all my life, but I can still think sometimes those two things don't go together. The Psalms teach us otherwise. Anger, frustration, and complaint to God can and very often should go alongside faith and trust in God. And the final slide. Let's be committed to keeping the conversation going. It's very easy when tough things happen in our lives to close down our communication with God and stop talking to Him. Even if we're regular members at church, it's amazing how often people can slip out of a relationship with God and stop having that conversation. Let's be committed to keeping the conversation going through the good times, which are plenty, hopefully, but also through the tough times as well, and particularly when we feel forgotten by God.